Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Rita Herais, who has had some very, very interesting experiences over her life, and she's going to be talking about them today as well as what we can do to help ourselves stay in the flow as all the chaos is uh, happening around us. Rita, welcome to the show today. Hello there. It's very good to be with you. And what good work you're doing. Oh, thanks very much. So perhaps you could begin uh, just perhaps by telling us uh, uh, some of the extraordinary experiences you've had throughout your life starting in early childhood. Okay, I would love to do that. Um, Let me see what would be my most... Okay, Pete, I, I know we had a brief chat the other day, but I haven't um, told you about this particular one. But one of my first oh, good. <laughs> experiences, can you still hear me? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, great. One of my first experiences was actually a very strong one when I was about 11 or 12 years old, and I was a girl guide. And I was, I'm in this, I've just for the viewers, just to say that in my bloodline in this lifetime, I'm half Indian, as in Hindu-Indian, and half Lebanese, and my mother was Christian. By the age of um, 11 to 12 years old, I began to awaken to recognizing that I've had many lives in Tibet and understand Tibetan Buddhism very deeply, and that's a big part of my um, spiritual lineage. Anyway, and, um, on this particular day, I was going off with the girl guides. I think you might call them scouts in America, And we were going off to a cathedral, which was on one of the ley lines, on the Michael line in England. And I was quite excited about um, the fact that I had made this decision that I was going to do the rosary, the, you know, in the, the way that Catholics say, Our Father who art in heaven and Hail Mary, full of grace, um, with complete focused attention. This was my thought when I was going and 
it was pouring with rain and it was quite a cold day and normally I would love to be chatting with the girls on the coach and you know being gregarious child but I just for some reason was in a very very deep space um where I just did this rosary with all my heart and all my attention making these prayers to to our creator and when I um, basically got back on the coach, I didn't want to sit with anybody and just was quite on my own. And I just experienced myself going into a really high-frequency, blissful energy, what would now I recognize to be a trance, and thought I was asleep. And then realized my hands were filled with um, this tingling energy and almost like a cramp but not quite like a cramp and I I kind of awoke out of the trance to look into my hands and what I could see were Taras and Buddhas in my hands in light and they were moving and they were <coughs> in like what you would know to be mudras these sacred hand gestures and it was quite like extraordinary for me but I didn't um I didn't really understand that then. These are just some of the sequence of visions I've had. And and also I was mentioning to you how every full moon in May I would have these dreams of flying to what I now know to be Mount Kailash to receive the blessings from the Buddha direct from Shambhala via the Christ. So that was, you know, something that only in my older, as I became aware that I needed to study that things like these type of visions would make sense. It was interesting that, that you went into the Christian cathedral and then you were having the movement of the mudras and buddhas in your hands. That's true. So that, well, that gives you a message, doesn't it? because of the merit um, or the energy generated from previous mantras uh, in my body. But by just, and this is really comes back to all paths leading to the one, when through our complete purity and focused intent to align with the source of creation when we can go beyond taking you know like go beyond any of the paths it just still always was going to lead us back to the one absolutely so i'd love you to explain to the listeners how mm -hmm. when you as a child you had these awarenesses and visions without really understanding them how you how you managed and dealt with that? Because so many people are waking up at the moment and having yeah. extraordinary experiences. What, what advice yeah. do you give to listeners about that? That's such an important question. And when I was a child, I cried a lot every day and I did feel on my own and I did feel like, you know, who, who can I turn to to have a level of spiritual conversation? Because it certainly wasn't happening in my Catholic school I went to. You know, I found that very, very difficult to try and have conversations with the nuns about reincarnation because I knew for a fact from you know 11 that I've had previous lives this is just a normal you know I just used to have this discussion say how could you think that an intelligent god who has created such exquisite things on this planet varying from orchids to peaches to every amazing thing would just limit us to the one life you know, so that was enough. That's a whole discussion, a separate one. But how the, one of the great teachings, one of the strongest teachings within 
um, that's come from the Buddha is about taking refuge in the three things, which is, in this case, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. Now, I don't think everybody has to become Buddhist in any way, shape, or form. And I'm, I'm, for me, I'm beyond any one religion in this time. But what the Sangha is, is to have your soul group around you who support you, who nourish you, who recognize you. This is crucial for people in their wake-up, to be around people who support them, nourish them. And when you're around awakening people, one of the differences between being awake and not awake is when we're awake, we're complete within ourselves, we're not in competition, we're in cooperation, and that it's our joy to uplift another person, to see the best in another person, to want the best for another person. We're not in that lunar space of absorbing another person's light, which was so well talked about in the Celestine prophecies, in terms of we're not in our control dramas. We're now really strongly hooked up and connected to source. And then we have the capacity to radiate that light and that energy to uplift another person. So step one in when we wake up is where do we need to close doors for those in our lives that vampire our energy. That's the beginning of discernment and discrimination. And that doesn't mean to be looking at people with a negative viewpoint, but there's just a certain stage along the path that you have to go to and get to to understand this isn't serving me anymore. You know, to be around people that are negative, put you down, see you in a certain way. Sometimes you have to go on these retreats, you have to go on a pilgrimage, you have to travel just to get a real strong sense of who you are in your purity and in your alignment. But the very, and that's one of the things I would like to talk about that I think I could be most helpful in um, talking today would be to talk about what are the three stages of waking up, you know, well, how they continue on a scientific yeah. level. Please do continue. Yes. Can I? Okay. Yes. Well, the first stage of waking up is when an alignment begins to happen. First of all, we become conscious that no longer could we bear to continue to be the, this negative programming because we recognize we're not this program. So we start to hear our own true inner voice. And as we hear the voice of our higher self, the, the wise one, the, the observer. And we can identify that this is a different voice than a negative program that we've been imbued with that's self-critical and outwardly critical, which basically this energy sits in the throat center. Once we can actually identify this negative judgmental program that's not truly us, but is what we've been conditioned with just by being a human being. If I start by saying that Ultimately, up until now, humanity has not been awakened. This is the first time on this planet that humanity is collectively coming into this amazing, incredible awakening that has been predestined until for now. We're ready. We're ready and we're ripe and we're in our flowering in the beginning of a dawning of this special time. But the beginning of it is becoming self-aware, self-conscious that... Up until now, we've been self-absorbed, selfish, draining, you know, absorbing light and operating from what would be, in esoteric um, terms, 
um, operating from a lunar principle because we weren't, we hadn't made our alchemical marriage, we weren't complete within ourselves. So this first stage, when we become aware of this and we can really drop into stillness and recognize we're not going to try and suppress this critical, negative, judgmental energy, we're just going to bring light to it without judgment because that's a double whammy and then we're just continuing to the, operate the program. We're just going to recognize that we're going to attempt to live from the laws of harmlessness. So, Rita, then, we're, actually coming yeah. up to, we're actually coming up to our first break. Okay. And this is a fascinating discussion, which I really want you to continue with okay. when we return. So we'll yeah. take a break now, and we'll return talking about this awakening process. Thank you. This Thank is you. Peter Tung now for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. Just a reminder of our uh, double, com website, which is the sponsor of our show, and the Ambassadors of Light program. Uh, we've just begun our journey uh, beginning in Aries through the landscape Zodiac, and I will be talking in tomorrow night's show, 5.30 West Coast time, about our first experiences in Aries and our movement forward into Taurus. And earlier in the show, Rita was talking about the WESAC full moon, which is a particularly powerful time. And we'll be having our next gathering on May the 15th, just before uh, that particular full moon. And so, Rita, I'd love you to continue talking about okay. the awakening process for mm. uh, people, because it's really important. Yeah, it really is. And remind me to come to the WESAC because actually as we, what we're talking about now is this first initiation which happens to us. Nobody, by the way, this is so important to understand that nobody can initiate us and nobody can awaken us. The bottom line is it becomes, we, we go through this process through what we generate through our own harmlessness, our own impeccability, our own choices to align with the highest of who we are, 
to align with the solar guides and angels and to align with all the merit that we've generated from previous lifetimes, to bring that in with a conscious intention. And I say that because of the amount of distortion in the new age. You know, there's a lot of people who put themselves out to say, oh, we can fix your chakras or whatever. And it's very important to just recognize that this process that I'm talking about comes from when we're making a decision to really take an honest look within and look at how can we apply and go towards our own self-mastery. So, and that's so important, um, isn't it? And, and in the work that you do and I do, it's so important to support yeah. people's self-empowerment yeah. and, and, and support them in their journey rather than attempt to do it for them. Exactly. That's the truth. And so, so this first stage of awakening is when the throat center, so imagine our chakras, these disks of light that carry the encodement from all of our other lifetimes, all the merit, everything is stored as electronic information within our chakras. And this is obviously um, all part of our light body. So at the time of coming into this first level of awakening when our sensitivity increases, our chi increases, our psychic ability increases, and we notice that we're much more intuitive than we were before and we start to feel energy through our hands and we start to notice energy and vitality and prana. At that stage is when we go, and we're vulnerable at this stage, it's because we're not fully awake, it's just the beginning where we become aware of these the inner voices. And how do we then, the big question is, how do we go from what we've been imbued with as our conditioning of possibly very critical parents or critical teachers or a really negative brother or a sister to stop living in this reaction to that? And the beginning of it is that we choose to be more still and we hear the difference between what's truly ourselves and what isn't. And then we start to choose to be an active service. And as we do that and we study, because that also supports this shift of energy in the throat center. So the throat chakra up until now, when it's, when it's in its negativity, when it's consistently judgmental, sarcastic, critical... Hasn't, and when we don't have control of our throat center, the energy is spinning anti-clockwise. But once we start to wake up and we choose better words and we're not so negative, the throat center goes into a clockwise spiral. And that clockwise energy, clock, it basically draws the energy up from the sacral center. Oops, Daisy, excuse me. Um, turn that off. Um, the, yeah, the energy gets drawn up from the sacral center. So we get this increased chi and we become into alignment and we take what's called the first initiation, which takes us into right relationship with ourselves. So we no longer are misusing sexual energy. We can, you know, flirting wouldn't be a consideration. We have a level of self-love. It doesn't mean that we can't have sensual sexual relationships but it would not be from a manipulative perspective and it would be from a place of self-love and self-respect that's the very 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 first stage 
of waking up, where we come into right relationships with ourselves, with the earth. And, and basically, Peter, humanity, a, a large amount of people are at this stage now for the first time. That's been happening since the First World War, that a large amount of people have got to the stage of that level of awakening. The second stage of awakening is about discernment and discrimination. And it's the alignment of the solar plex to the heart center. So if I could give you a visualization that like the heart chakra has 12 petals in it. And Jesus Christ was the first master on this earth who walked this planet with a fully opened heart center. So he'd reached that level of attainment where, and that's what he taught, that was in the age of Pisces, this profound blessing of the purification of the waters, which represents the emotional body. So when we take this um, second, second initiation, that doesn't mean our whole heart center opens with all 12 petals. That doesn't happen until we become a master of wisdom at the fifth initiation. But what we're going towards for the first time ever on this planet, Peter, is that 144,000 people get to the level of the third initiation, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, which is when the brow center opens. This second stage of the alignment of the solar plex to the heart center, this is um, the hardest initiation to go through because this means when we're, it's a liberation of being on the emotional treadmill. It means the liberation of being out of samsara, out of the wheel of illusion. And basically, when we're in the wheel of samsara, in the, on the emotional treadmill, that means we haven't got a control of, over our emotional body. We haven't got the stillness and the sentience to be able to have the compassion to put ourselves into another person's shoes, and we operate from blame which is where, up until now, most of humanity operate from. And even when we are reasonably aligned, it's very easy when you get into a relationship to drop out of that vibration of your one-month, your inner peace, and then find it too intense, too close, and then all your buttons are being triggered because you haven't dealt with your issues around your mother or your father, and you've still got... Um, Areas where you haven't forgiven or had the, com uh, the compassion, love, wisdom and understanding to recognize that your parents could have only been how they were because that's what they were imbued with from their parents. Because we're, come we're approaching this from an evolutionary perspective where up until now, humanity hasn't been awakened. So, of course, very few of us have had our parents being able to recognize us as an aspect of deity, hold us in a really clear place so that we're not conditioned with children taunting us and putting us down and making us feel foolish, etc., etc. So this second stage of awakening takes a lot of discipline and a lot of time to be still, to meditate, to really deepen into compassion and the, as I said, the ability to put ourselves into another person's shoes. And that is actually all the teachings of the Christ in his first coming. It, it has been about teaching humanity to have 
love and compassion, discernment, discrimination, and not judge. It's been interesting, Rita, in, in the work that I've been doing in the last few years. I've noticed that there are a lot of people of, of our generation who have now got kids in their uh, teens and 20s who actually have been the agents of change within their families where there has been some dysfunction or even some family abuse. And, and it's actually the baby boomers who seem to be standing up and saying, no more, we're going to change this. And not necessarily knowing that consciously, but now beginning to awaken to why they've actually done things differently and supported their kids so they can be freer than they were. That's so true, isn't it? It's amazing to see that, and I, I fully recognize that. It's so true. We're blessed, aren't we, that the future generations are, you can just so clearly see that they come in with more wisdom, more light, and it's, and it's so difficult for them too, because I'm, I'm watching, I'm mother of four children ranging from 28 to 8 years old, and it takes really developing pure view and vigilance for me, because everything in me just finds it so difficult to stay out of the judgment around the drug culture, um, loads of, you know, the addiction around TV and um, playing on Playstations and games. And, of course, we can see the highest of it and look at the positives, but it's, it's, it's difficult because it's so different, isn't it? It is, and, and I'm glad you mentioned earlier about the emotional triggers because they're also mm -hmm. indications of what we need to heal and work with, aren't they? Exactly. That's the truth. So they're, they're my ones. So, but this um, stage of getting to where we can transcend being led by being hit in our emotions each and every day by different things. This is, this is you know, the key that we've got to get to collectively so that we're not, even, even just in that whole conspiracy theory situation where everybody feels that I've watched lots of my friends that are, you know, they eat raw food and they, or they eat organically and they're conscious about their carbon footprint and they really understand living this language of light and yet there is an us and them situation of separation where people drop into thinking in a way of conspiracy theories and, you know, the government are dark and this and, and seeing it as separate entities as opposed to recognizing actually once we transcend our inner duality, there isn't an outer separation. We can actually take responsibility for all of it and recognize we're part of this together. It's another one of the traps, isn't it? Yeah, it is, exactly, Peter. So, so if, so if I would like to, what I'd like to say then is that if we can imagine our spine and that our soul is the merit generated from every good deed, word, and action from all of our previous lives, and that this energy is stored as a matrix of light, and each of us has a unique flowering or a unique mandala in the causal plane of the consciousness and, the, and this beautiful soul that we are. And a very evolved soul is somebody who's lived many lifetimes and accrued a lot of energy out there. But the question is, how do we integrate that to bring that through our body? 
And above our soul is what's called our monad, or another word for it would be our spirit. It's the divine spark, the aspect of deity that comes from the one, the highest of all that we are. And that light and that cosmic fire aspect of ourselves is so high frequency and so magnificent that in order to access the power of that, of what we are, we have to build a bridge. And the bridge that we're attempting to build, there's a scientific process to it. And it's called the Rainbow Bridge, or in Sanskrit, it would be called the Antakarana. So, Rita, just pause there because we're coming up yeah. to our second okay. break. It's a great moment to okay. pause because I want to hear about the Rainbow okay. Bridge and, okay. and how we make this connection. Brilliant. Thank so, you. I'm really having a fascinating discussion with, with Rita Hares, who's giving us this tremendous insight into what is happening on the planet in the bigger picture, but also yeah. in our own lives. Spit a tongue for awakening to conscious co creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a Higher Dimension, 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Having a fascinating uh, instruction today from Rita Hares about the awakening process that many, many people on the planet are going through. And she's leading us through this step by step. And Rita, I'm really looking forward to hearing about the development of the Rainbow Bridge. Well, I'm happy to be able to share this. And I can't say that I'm leading anything, but I can um, say that I'm really <laughs> happy to share these uh, the sacred teachings of Ageless Wisdom which, you know, I've gone through and I can talk about it from my own in understanding. So um, we got to the stage where I was explaining about the monadic spark, the actual aspect of cosmic fire that each one of us is, and how our development as humanity, our individual and collective process is to be able to take the thrust, the light, the fire of that magnificence of who we are down through our spine to really hit the base of our spine to where the sleeping serpent, the life force energy, lies coiled tightly and can't be released 
in its true natural way to come up to the brow center and really open until we've built our vehicles and purified ourselves. That's really actually the process that we're doing. So this, these stages of initiation are actually all about how we can go through this purification process to really become our absolutely natural, authentic being of radiance of all that we are, all that we've ever been, and to bring that fire right into the presence of the now. And so, if you can imagine that the, we're actually opening channels, we're, we're working to activate our centers and open the channels, and it can't be done, say, just through visualization, or it can't be done from somebody else, as I said, saying that they'll initiate you. It can only be done through our own right action, looking at where can we be in selfless service? How can we use our voices to uplift, empower, and, and really do something positive with every breath? And so the keys to this are to drop into gratitude. Gratitude really opens us and gives us space and energy that we can access more of all that we are. And to be able to train ourselves in the ability to witness the good, the true, and the beautiful. And yet, there's a very fine line between that and projecting onto another person and, and having discernment and discrimination. So when I'm talking about harmlessness, I'm not talking about being wimpy and fluffy. And I am using the word harmlessness as a sword of right action as opposed to because harmlessness can be ruthlessness and it can mean getting out of a relationship where you're being abused and beaten up and put down every day. Because that's often people who have vast amounts of compassion, love and wisdom see the highest in people from, from what's inside their own heart and then they get themselves entrenched into relationships that aren't supporting them to be the highest of who they are. So when we go through this second initiation, that's often a period where you need to step back and have some time on your own and feel into who you are. Like, what does it feel like to not be in this needy dependency? In fact, it really, you know, this, this whole alignment and alchemical marriage and building our rainbow bridge all comes back down to coming to a place of absolute inner completion where we're standing in the vortex or the light of our fullness. And from that place, then, we're in a position to share. And that's when life becomes vivid and wonderful, and we can actually walk this earth as geomancers, walking the light of our inner tranquility and at one moment, down through the base of our spine, through our feet, and to walk the sacred blessing of all that we are into this earth. That's what's going to bring peace on earth. And, of course, that's what we're beginning to do in working with our Landscape Zodiac here exactly. this time. It's exactly that, isn't it? So and I'm you also interested... You've um, Aries, actually, and I really wanted to just mention, because it's interesting, you've just done Aries, and we've just had Uranus come into Aries. Esoterically, Aries is about... Um, it's about the ability to receive telepathically from the plane of mind. It's a different... Um, because you know how in normal astrology, Aries rules the head. 
Yes. But in, in esoteric astrology, Aries is about really the one who receives the ideas and who initiates from that place. And the fact that we've just had um, Uranus has just moved into Aries, I'm really feeling that they're such vast, amazing, um, revolutionary technology that's about to come in this period whilst Uranus will be in Aries that's going to completely change the planet as we know it. By technology, you mean doing an electronic technology or a human yeah. technology? Well, both. I mean, one of the things that I've always felt and think will happen, imagine when humanity gets to the stage of awakening collectively, that they're tapping into their rainbow bridge and they're experiencing the fire from their own monads or spirit. And then imagine the technology that, excuse me, would... Um, if we could build the black box, which would we could then pass that energy through our hands and direct it into a box that stores that fire and stores that energy in our connection with source, and that we were able to use that level of technology to fuel our houses or light the city. That's the Sounds kind good of thing to me. I'm talking yeah. about. Okay, so it's a combination of the two, actually. Yeah, it is. It's really plugging into our own inner light completion and and the fire because we're made of electric fire and cosmic fire and that's what the awakening is about it happens like kundalini releasing through our body opening all of our cells into millions of cells of liquid light and bliss and getting just beyond the places of inner duality where we're not separate, and we recognize ourselves to be one human family, and that if we were to hurt one person, that's we're hurting ourselves, and we would never want to do that. You've talked about the connection between the solar plexus and the heart chakra, the, yeah. the sacral and the throat, and the base and the third eye in that rainbow well, bridge building. Well, that's right. Well, actually, I, I, haven't, I didn't quite finish the, no. um, the third one, which is important. It's um, through right action... What happens is, with our, uh, through the Antikarana being built, through right action, fire starts to be fired from the pituitary gland through to the pineal gland and through to the carotid glands at the back of our head. And a certain geometry happens within the head centers. And then the crown chakra opens enough for to allow the fire from the spirit to pass unimpeded down all the way through our spine between all the chakras until it reaches the base of the spine. So then what happens is there becomes this link between the crown chakra to the base chakra that then jet pushes the energy or unleashes the energy from the sleeping serpent at the base center to be allowed to travel through the ring pass knots and then to open the brow center, which takes us into a completely different space where we're no longer projecting doom and gloom, but we're actually really, truly able to be present in the now without, you know, dwelling upon the past or trying to build far into the future. We're just here, present, dealing with what is. And actually in a space of emptiness, and from that place, 
there's an all-knowing because what happens when we get to that place is we access our inner wisdom that sits, it's like we access the tree of life within ourselves. We're no longer seeking the tree of knowledge outside. So from being deeply the tree of life, you know, our whole nervous system's completely calmed down. There's, we're not carrying vast amounts of stress in the body and we're able to become telepathic receivers. So when you talk about the tree of life inside the body, you're mm -hmm. talking about what we would typically talk about, the mystic Kabbalah, the, the ten sephiroth of the tree of life inside the yes. body. That's right. Let's Within talk about that a little bit. minor meridian systems, there is a circuitry which we all have encoded within us that is the, actually the tree of life. And when we get to these stages of inner tranquility, it becomes revealed within ourselves. So again, that can be a consciousness that you can work towards as you're going through this process. Yes, exactly. So you also, you also mentioned then, so that as you build this rainbow bridge, if I got you correctly, then it's the actual the, the energy connection comes down through the, those glands inside the brain, through yes. the crown chakra, down to the base of the spine, rather than I think Kundalini energy, a lot of people think about waking from the base up, but actually so it it's a transmission. Wake from the base up. Up. It does, actually. It's, it's all of it. It comes, basically, it's our centers in the head open, and that then yep. allows the energy from um, our spirit, which is above, to come down through the. Um, in fact, I say it's above. The, the energy from the monad comes through where the carotoid glands are, which is actually just, um, um, I'm not sure of the technical name, just above the top of the neck, at the base of our skull. The base That's of the, the skull, area okay, where the carotoid okay. glands are. And it actually feels like a gate opens, and you feel this downpouring yeah. through the back of the head there. And obviously then you feel um, a huge amount of energy coming through the crown center. But then starts to come down through the body, but it, then you will experience the kundalini coming up from the base, upwards, up from the center of the earth. Ultimately, our light force energy, life force energy, our kundalini is totally connected to the mother, to the center of the earth and our mother matter. And the interesting thing is, this, divide, this becomes the divine marriage, the alchemical marriage within, and we actually go through a quantum physical shift within our being. This like alchemical liquid gold experience happens within the body where every cell in the body turns to a million cells of liquid light and bliss. And actually we become, we're just generating the phi ratio. We become that same vortex of the golden mean spiral and Rita, I've got, to, I've got to cut you off there. We're coming okay. up to our final break. But okay. I, as you know, alchemy is really important to me. Yeah. And so I do want to just come back to the alchemical marriage sure. after we've had this break. This is okay. Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond... 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? 
Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. And I just want to remind you again of our sponsor, www.myheartcenterjourney.com. And all the stuff that Rita's been talking about today, we are putting into practice through our journey through the landscape zodiac, the alchemical journey. So please do, do join us tomorrow evening at 5.30 p.m. West Coast time. And Rita, I have to say I'm feeling quite emotional about your talk today because it's mm. really bringing into focus all the work that I've been doing for the last five, six years on my journey and, and coming to the conclusion uh, of this alchemical marriage and the gold and the elixir and the light. So just go over that once more so I can really enjoy it. <laughs> it's so wonderful, actually, isn't it? We're so blessed. So, yeah, this is like I'm just really giving people a glimpse to understand what we're heading for or what we're working towards and that how it all links together. So imagine the Egyptians built the pyramids, the Great Pyramid, the Great Pyramid is the very specific geometry that is actually generating the vortex of the golden mean spiral. And it's extraordinary just, just to really grasp and understand that because of the perfection in the geometry that actually generates this vortex which is like what it looks like if you're, you've got a sunflower in front of you. It's that, that's what I mean by the golden mean spiral for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about or the phi ratio. Now, basically, if you were to analyze scientifically what that is, it's about the union between spirit and matter. So in the Bible, in Revelation, Christ talks about, or, or it is talked about, that in the time of the second coming of Christ, what really is happening is it's called the marriage between the bride and the Christ. So my understanding of that is that as we come into the third initiation, which is when the light of our spirit can descend right down to the base of our spine and unify with the sleeping serpent, the, very, the, the actual primary life force energy, then this alchemical marriage happens within ourselves, just exactly like the caduceus. So imagine you've got that mercury symbol or the caduceus going from through your body, which everyone's seen in pictures of the chakras, but it literally, the wings are, that it, it symbolically shows you that your brow center opens. 
and that you've gone through this divine alchemical marriage within yourself and that spirit and matter have merged to open the gap between when spirit and matter merges a third component happens and that is the Christ principle and we become still in the knowing that we can access all from within our being that we do not need to look for it outside of ourselves. We don't need to look for proof love outside of ourselves. We just become authentically natural and radiant. So going through the third initiation is when we get to that stage where we have humility to recognize that we're in a calm place, poised and ready to serve humanity in that just completely selfless way. And that's, that's what our, the greatest joy is when we get to that, that stage, is that now we're really ready to be active as light workers. It's not a grandiose thing. It's not shouting from the mountaintops and putting ourselves out as great teachers. It's just a very calm, normal, natural. But the, the payoff is there's a huge amount of inner bliss, light, and liquidity in our being. Rita, I'd love, I know you, you also uh, are an expert in astrology, so I'd love to hear you just talk about the sort of bigger picture, the collective energy around this. You've talked a lot about the individual awakening process. Yes. So how, how does this fit okay. into the bigger picture? Okay, thank you. Um, <coughs> basically, let's talk about the difference between the Piscean period and coming into the Aquarius age. Let's talk about those two different, you know, this transition that we're in. And then I'll try my best to, that we have time to talk about Pluto in Capricorn and also a little bit more about, um, you know, Aries, Uranus going into Aries. So we've been in a, uh, this age of Pisces. And in this age of Pisces was, interestingly enough, you know, was symbolized by the baptism of Christ um, where um, Jesus asked John to um, baptize him in the waters, meaning that he purified his emotional body. And so this period of Pisces was all about, it, it was ruled, okay, there are seven rays, in case anyone hasn't understands this language, there are seven colors in the rainbow and seven notes of the scale and seven solar lords or seven great rishis that, um, have a great part in the ruling of this universe. And each of these ray vibrations rule one of our chakras. And the Piscean period was ruled by the um, solar plex and was the age of idealism and devotion. So the highest stage of becoming in the Piscean period was to become devotional. So that's why in that period we had gurus and we did guru yoga, karma yoga, we did um, a lot of renunciation, and most people needed to live within some sort of ashramic situation to develop themselves spiritually and to look to a teacher. And that was all to develop the discernment discrimination to be calm within the emotional body. So that's what the Piscean period you know, a taster of it's been about. It's been about the negatives of the Piscean period was secrecy, mysteriousness, um, idealism. That means projecting 
right over there and having a high ideal and then never being able to achieve that because it's always the goal gets further and further away. Um, so, Rita, we need, to, we need to move on to the age of Aquarius because we're going to run okay, out of time then. here. Okay. And so the age of Aquarius, which we're coming into and we're already feeling, is ruled by the seventh ray, which rules the sacral center. And the, the words, the keynote of the seventh ray is the age of cosmic divine order and ceremonial white magic. And so this is all about us being able to recognize that we have the capacity as white magicians to manifest anything we would like through, without manipulation, but through the art of white magic, which means to be in through prayer, invocation, right relationship. And, and the beauty of the age of Aquarius is it's all about telepathy. And basically the difference between, imagine in the Pisces period, that where there was secrecy, the, the mass was in Latin and, you know, all the sacred teachings which were in India were held in certain places, have now become available in the Aquarian age for everybody. And we couldn't have telepathy if we wanted to be secretive and not be in a place of openness. We can't, you, nobody can be te telepathic and attempt to hide things from another. So that means we have to be in such a place of inner purity and right action and right living and only want the best for each other that we would love to share this exquisite bliss states that we're in openly and telepathically. That is what's coming. We're in the beginning of an age where we are going to go into telepathy and there's a clean-up purification process that's happening. And, it's and, that's the, uh, and that's the Pluto in Capricorn. So just give us uh, one minute yeah, that's, on that's that. That's the age of Aquarius, but I'll tell you about Pluto yeah, and yeah. Capricorn. That's right. a very different thing. Pluto okay. is like a laser beam that is from the furthest planet away, and it smolders and it burns away anything it encounters. Now it's through Capricorn, which rules structures. And basically, Pluto and Capricorn denotes that all the structures that have been based and built upon greed and selfishness have to be dissolved and destroyed. So our whole economic system is being completely restructured and dissolved. And, and we're at the very beginning of this stage. And of course, when, you know, humanity is in the unknown and, the, and what do the, you know, the dark lodge structures, they love to create fear because that's how they then get to control so, Rita, we're actually coming right to the end of the show, and I've, it's been a yeah. fascinating talk, and I will have you back as soon as you can, probably in June. But just very quickly, give our listeners your website and okay, your connection. Thank you. I will if people do. Want to, okay, uh, so if anybody would like to contact me or have an individual um, astrology reading, because I do Skype readings, please have a look at my website, which is www.soulcenteredastrology.com. Dot com, and I spell centered, not the American way, but the English way. So it's S-O-U-L and then C-E-N-T-R-E-D, astrology.com, soulcenteredastrology.com. And that will also tell you about my beautiful range of clothing that I've designed for light workers, which is all based about color therapy. And hopefully you'll get to see some of my sacred art as well. But I'd love to meet you. And if you would like a reading, soulcenteredastrology.com. 
Rita, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful time spent with you. I really enjoyed it, and I will definitely have you back on the show in the near future. Thank you so much. I really look forward to meeting you. Much love thank to you. everybody. Be strong. Thank Good you. Things. Bye. Next week, my guest will be Dr. Chiganori Murata, and he'll be talking again about awakening consciousness and how we can move through our society towards a more altruistic and sustainable future. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Have a great week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.